T-Bird is back talking with Jervis, never nervous Peterson, here today on the podcast. And now, here is the woman who rounds up the survivors that we're trying to find. Here she is. It's Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. This is going to be fun today, Rob. Yes. This is going to be some fun. Jervis has done so much since we first saw him in 2000. Here it is 20 years later, and he has done so many things. We've got so much to talk about, and Jervis is just, it's, it's going to be fun. Okay. T-Bird, how have you been? been good. Yes. been really good. Okay. I was, I was really excited. So Jervis has a movie coming out, which we'll talk about. It's Stealing a Survivor. So I just happened to click on something on his Facebook and I saw it and I watched the trailer, which I hope everybody will watch and get as excited as I was. So I Is that sent a thing? him a People message. Are stealing survivors? Should we be nervous? Well, <laughs> I don't think I need to be nervous. You might need to be nervous. I'm mm. just wondering what kind of ransom they could get for you. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Nothing. I know it. Who would pay? I, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But still in the Survivor, you know what? When when we talk about the title, that when I saw it, when I clicked on it and, and, and watched the trailer, I thought, this is such a cute concept. And of course, Jervis is just cute and personable anyway. So as soon as I saw the trailer, I reached out for him and I said, Jervis, please, please think about doing Talking with Tipper. This is a great time. Your movie's just come out. And of course, he was so wonderful to say, yes, I'll do it. So... Hopefully, this will generate even more activity for his movie, Stealing a Survivor. Okay. All right. So, we will talk with Jervis in uh, just a little bit. Uh, Anything fun going on in your world, T-Bird? No. Everything kind of status quo. Okay. Everything good. How about with you? I know uh, Dominic had a birthday party. Yes. I saw the pictures. Yes. My older son, Dominic, that he turned seven since the last time that we spoke. And then I have uh, my uh, younger son uh, that his birthday is in a couple of months or next month. We're in October now. Next month. Okay. Yeah. So are y'all going to do the same thing? So what they did, just give a little... Yep. Tell a little story of what y'all did. It was the drive-by. A drive-by, drive-by birthday party, party T-Bird. This is yeah. uh, amazing. Look, I'm sure that if you were a kid, maybe you don't love it. Even my son was fine. But uh, this is the future of kids' birthday parties. I told my wife, I said, hey, any kids' birthday party they have to go to, I'm the man. Not get, get out of the car. What an improvement <laughs> over the, pre- the previous dad. version of kids' birthday parties. Hey, kids, All get right, in the a- car. Let me listen to a podcast. All right. Drive through birthday party. Great. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Let me ask you this. What about the gift bags? Do you slow down and the, and the moms or the dads just throw the gift bags 
in the car through the window? Do they still give out gift bags? No. Well, I, my wife had made cupcakes for all of the kids, so that you know they stop, hand off a cupcake. Uh, <laughs> the people gave presents which they didn't have to do. Very, very nice. And then that was the very quick, you know, two three minutes. Oh, it's you. Hey. Oh, look, Dominic. It's this person. Oh, great. Okay. All right. Bye. Cupcake. Cupcake handoff. They're gone. Next yeah. car. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, now, uh, how long did y'all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how long like, did you set that up for? Was it so like great an to hour? See you. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> hey, Rob. So, yes. do you set the drive-through, like <laughs> the drive-through handoff cupcake party? Do you set it up for like five to seven, just an hour long? How long do you do yeah, the drive? I think we were outside for an hour. Okay. Okay. Not no fuss, no muss. Not mm-hmm. a lot of cleanup. Not a lot of cleanup. Yeah. Best kids' birthday party we've had. <laughs> and you know what? Dominic probably doesn't remember much about his other birthday, oh, he so he ha- probably uh, I mean, loved this. T-Bird, this was he the most it. contact he had with uh, other kids in uh, seven months. <laughs> it was a thrill. Big hit. <laughs> that is so cute. Did you video this? Because I bet it's precious. I, uh, I think maybe we have a tiny bit of video. Not, th- not, th- not that much. Um, all right. Well, let's Pretty start cute. to get ready to talk to Jervis. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. I'm, I'm very excited to talk about Quip. Uh, you've heard me talk about Quip for a couple of years on the podcast. They are the makers of the supersonic toothbrush that has a built-in timer that tells you what you're doing in terms of which quadrant to be working on with your teeth. But I'm so excited to talk about the new Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush, which helps you with practicing good habits where you can earn great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. T-Bird, the new Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush, it is Bluetooth enabled, so you have an app that tracks what time of day you brush your teeth and a bunch of other stuff. And I, I love it so much that I, I wear a fitness tracker. I like to know how many steps I'm having. And if you're a nerd like me who loves getting all this sort of stuff, I, I am like, oh, I got to I gotta go brush my teeth because I want to keep earning points in the app. I love it. Tell me you got Dominic. <laughs> no, seven-year-old no. son's birthday you got him a quip supersonic toothbrush yeah no tell me how that went it's got I, I know i didn't know that my because my kids don't have a phone that they can track their uh toothbrushing oh. so that it, my kids are, are, are not on board <laughs> but i am and i'm working towards points to get a bunch of different perks on the quip app. I I loved it so much. I'm closing in on the refresh bag to get more perks from Quip. I'm working towards a Target gift card as well. Uh, There's a Quip tote uh, and a bathroom makeover sweepstakes. I'm 37 points away right now. It is great. If you love the Quip, you're going to love the new smart electric toothbrush that it's uh, really, I'm I'm loving having the app where it's uh, tracking all of my brushing habits. You can track when and how well you brush. It's telling me that, okay, I, I there's some room for improvement is what I'm learning here from my app as well. Uh, with sensitive sonic vibrations, a two-minute timer, and 30-second pulses for a guided clean, it's slim, 
lightweight and sleek with no wires or a bulky charger to weigh you down. And Beyond the Brush Quip has everything you need to build a uh, complete routine. A, a mint or watermelon toothpaste. I really I like the mint with anti-cavity ingredients for strong, healthy teeth. And it's got the floss that expands to clean and comes in a refillable dispenser to reduce waste. Plus, you get a brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5 and shipping is free. How smart is that? Join the over 5 million mouths who use Quip and save hundreds of dollars compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip smart brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash Rob right now and get your first refill for free. That's your first refill for free at getquip.com slash Rob. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Rob Quip. Better oral health made simple and rewarding. And now your reward is here. We have here with us two-time survivor Jervis Peterson is on the line. Take it away, T-Bird. In May of 2000, 28 million viewers a week gathered around their TV screens to watch 16 people with diverse backgrounds compete against each other while building a society, fighting the elements and each other for a chance of winning a million dollars. This CBS summer, quote, filler, simply filled simply titled Survivor was quickly changed to Survivor Borneo to distinguish it from the 39 seasons that would follow. Today's guest has said, quote, when we ate rat, for me, that was the turning point. I'm like, we're actually eating rat? Who's not going to watch this show? For me, that was that moment. I'm like, this show is going to be big, end quote. His prediction was spot on with 51 million plus people tuning in for the finale. And those 16 trailblazers would quickly become overnight sensations. But back to the beginning. More than 6,000 applied, but with his quick wit, good looks, energy, and contagious smile, it's easy to see why this 30-year-old YMCA basketball coach from Philadelphia, PA, was cast. He took four weeks of swimming lessons. Prior to leaving, preparing him for the grueling 39 days on the island. But his tribe mates considered him to be a threat due to his laid back attitude and his determined, fierce, competitive streak and voted him off on day 30 of 39 days. He didn't come home with a million, but he had a million reasons to want to get back home. His son, Gunnar Tiga, Tiga, a name chosen from the island of Pulau Tiga, was born while he was away. It was no surprise that we would see this Survivor pioneer again 13 years later on Survivor Season 27, Blood vs. Water, where he played with his niece, Marissa. And at 43, he would make it to day 39 and be the second runner-up. His portfolio has only grown since his first appearance on our screens in May 2000. The acting lessons he had taken two years prior to being cast on Survivor Borneo was money well spent. Talk about a jump start. His accomplishments are many, ranging from actor, model, reality star, suit designer, soap star, TV host, and a guest speaker on the lecture circuit, only to name a few things. But currently, you can see him in the movie Stealing a Survivor, 
where today's guest plays himself. I am so honored to introduce to you the guy who told Regis, quote, rat doesn't taste like chicken and who says he's motivated to make each day count. No last name necessary or required. I welcome Jervis to RHAP. Jervis, how are you? Man, that's the best intro I've ever had in my life. Yes. T-Bird <laughs> nails you, it. T-Bird. She killed it. Yeah. Yeah. You man. you are a very accomplished man, and I am very impressed with you. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've been around the block a couple times. <laughs> yeah, but I you can... don't look at Jervis. Uh, that, yeah, I really feel like that. Of, of all the survivors, I feel like that you're like when they show like a, as a sad Jets fan, like a, you're like Frank Gore that I feel like that they show the picture of him as a rookie and the picture of him now. And it's like exactly the same. That's you, Jervis. Yeah, you know, me and Jeff were drinking the same island water out there. <laughs> And uh, it, it did us good. It did us good. It's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. Jervis. Uh, it's so nice to have you here to catch up. And congratulations on the new movie. Yes. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Jervis, besides the movie? Man, you know, just the, the hustle and the grind as always, man. Just, uh, you know, working on some projects, producing a couple projects, um, creating projects. TV shows, reality shows, um, some more movies, you know, voiceover work, everything. Still in the suits still. I write a column for a magazine called Sager. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever I can get my hands on, man, I'm trying to do it. Yeah. You said you're producing a show, Jervis? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on two documentaries that I'm producing. One's uh, about a social injustice issue and uh, another one is about alcohol. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's uh, pro or underway. against alcohol. Pro. We yes. Love I was going to say, I, was gonna say, I, I didn't think you were doing something on the, you know, uh, the, the bad side of alcohol. I've known no. you long enough that I figured it was a pro alcohol documentary. Yes. All good stuff. Yes. I'm just I'm trying to stay busy. Travis, I got to rewrite your intro. Because I didn't put producer, voiceover, writer. I didn't put. I got to redo you it now. You want to take two, T-Bird? Yeah, I'm going to have to add it all okay, back. All right, yeah, I'm going to have right. to add that in. Okay, we'll record We'll record a new one later. Okay. I will tell you the rest of the stuff. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but wh what a ride, uh, Jervis. Can I ask a question? Like, what, what were you up to before they found you for Survivor 20 years ago? You know what? It, it's it's so funny. I, I was working three jobs over 110 hours a week. Yeah. So I was working at a post office. The post office shut down. I was working for an auditing firm. They sold the company, let me go. So the last job I had, I was working at a YMCA, but I was only working one hour a week there to keep my membership so I could play basketball. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> During the interview process, you know, they were like, uh, we can't put you on the show. I'm like, why? They're like, because you don't have a job and, you know, all these other reasons. And I'm like, I have a job. And they're like, no, you don't. So they're like, we're going to call your job. And if they say you don't work there, we're not putting you on the show. And they made a <laughs> phone call and they just happened to get my buddy mm -hmm. when they called. And he's like, yeah, he works here. They're like, all right, he's got a job. But I was like working one hour a week just to keep the membership. Why'd they care so much? 
Because you know what? It's it's so funny at the time, I guess, a little bit. They felt like CBS felt like I fit so many negative stereotypes for a black man. Mm-hmm. I was unemployed, you know, um, having kids and I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't swim. Like, you know, just any negative stereotype for a black person. It seemed like I fit it perfectly. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like circumstance. Like, it's not, I'm not working because I don't want to work. I'm like, I just lost two jobs. One went out of business, one company sold. Mm-hmm. So I can't do anything about that. You know, so it's just how things look to them yeah. at the time. How did you get involved in, in this whole operation in the first place? Uh, that what, what was it? How did they find you for Survivor? Uh, my brother saw it on the internet. So he printed out the application and mailed it to me. He said, I think the show would be great for you. And I got it and I'm like, this is not, nah, this is me being myself. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be an actor, you know, studying acting and all this stuff. And uh, I just tossed it to the side. You know, it's like, Two days before the deadline, I'm cleaning my room, find the application again, reading the questions. You know, you know the questions. If you could be anybody from Gilligan's Island, who would you be and why? And I thought the questions were funny. So I just filled it out, did the three-minute videotape, mailed it in. You know, just thinking I'm never going to get picked, but I'll just send it in. I got a call the next day. And they're like, we got your application. Um, If you do your next interview, you want to do it in New York or Philly? I said, Philly. They said, okay. Made it to the second round. You know, they flew out a producer, cast an agent, you know, had a nice conversation. Congrats. You made it to the next round. Now I'm in L.A. for 10 days. Go through all that and get a call a couple of days later. Like, congrats. You made it on the show. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it happened fast and quick. You know, and it's funny because people was like, was it hard to get on Survivor? And I'm like, for me, it was easy. <laughs> you yeah. know, for you, it's going to be hard. <laughs> Nobody knew me, what it was. Right. Yeah, it was cake. Mm-hmm. Were you scared? No, I, w- I wasn't scared at all. I thought about this game beginning to end. And I had a plan in my head from A through Z of what I would do. And if the plan A messed up, I would go to plan B. And when you broke it down, and, you know, they gave us little information, just 16 people on an island, every three days you wrote somebody out. So I'm saying to myself, if they put 16 Jervises on the island, we're all going to die. So... <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> so there's got to be somebody out there who knows what to do. Somebody who can fish, you know, build a shelter. So I don't need to really learn any of that stuff. I just need to do what I do best. So that's what my mentality. You know, I, I need to learn how to swim. I took the swimming lessons. So I knew how to swim, but it's just I wasn't a strong swimmer. Of course, I just learned how to swim. So, you know, I had it mapped out of my head that there'll be people who can do things out here. I'll let them do it. They could be the alpha male, alpha female. And I'll sit back and just be, you know, the sidekick and ride that all the way to the end. Jervis, now you had nothing to compare it to since you were on season one. Was it anything like you thought it would be if you had seen like Rob and I both had seen the previous seasons? We knew what we were getting into. Was it similar to what you thought it would be like? Now, I, I had no idea. You know, I knew we'd be competing, but I didn't know what the competition would be like. Um, you know, just no clue at all. And it's the little things, not eating. You don't know how bad not eating is. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the hunger pains are ridiculous. The bugs attacking you relentlessly. Um, you know, we were one of the few seasons, if not the only season, that had rats out there. You know, so it's the rat issue was a problem and just... 
being in a, you know, a, the other side of the world. So I, I wasn't prepared for anything in that sense, but I adapted to everything really quick. You know, it was just, for me, it was just another challenge. And, you know, I'm always looking to conquer a challenge. So it was just like, you know what? You just got to step up. You know, you're hungry. You're going to be hungry. Nothing you can do about that. So, Jervis, after you finished filming the season, then uh, from what I understand that you guys got done, what, like uh, April? I guess there wasn't that much time before the show started airing at the end of May in the year 2000. But did you know it was going to be a hit in the time in between? You went to go film it like, oh, this was really cool. Uh, the, the world is going to love this. Or did you think that uh, it was going to have the potential to be something that nobody was even going to watch? I knew it was going to be a hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. While we were out there filming, we could just, the things we were doing, it just wasn't happening on TV. <laughs> like, to, you know, T-Bird's intro, you know, eating the rat. Like, we're eating rat. Like, who's not going to watch this show and we're eating rat? <laughs> now, granted, I thought the biggest thing would be I would get recognized at a restaurant and get a free meal. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, how cool would that be to get recognized and get a free meal? And that was the, like, the peak of how big that show would be to me. Um, and it just took off. So it was four weeks after we came home before the show aired. And it was the week of the show airing on that Wednesday night and or Thursday night. It was Thursdays then. So it came on a Thursday night. So me and Joel had went to New York for a charity event for the New York Giants and the Jets. And it was hosted by Alec Baldwin's family because his mom had cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, it was the day, I think it was the day after the show. We okay. go into this event and got recognized because some of the players had watched the show. So that was that moment where we were like, wait a minute, we're with professional athletes. They just recognized us from a show that was on the other night. And it was that feeling in that moment that me and Joe were like, this is going to be incredible. <laughs> like this show's going to go through. <laughs> But we were like, we were just so excited about it at that moment. Jervis, what did you do on your video? And I ask you for, for all the, uh, the fans that want to get out there and play. What did you do on your video to get noticed for season one? Uh, my video was, to me, pretty basic. I set the camcorder up, sat in front of it. So I'm, I'm wearing a white T-shirt with big black letters that say Enforcer in red on the front of the shirt. And... I just said, I'll be the ultimate survivor because I'm a competitor. We're going to drink a beer. I'm going to drink more beer than you. We're going to throw a rock. I'm going to throw a rock farther than you. And I just went on this whole spiel about how competitive I am and how I hate to lose. And I'm just focused when it comes to competition, but I'm not a sore loser. You know, if I lose, I figure out and study why I lost. So I'll never lose to you again. And, uh, send it in. So when they came for the second round and I'm sitting down with them and I'm just cracking jokes and they're like, wait a minute, hold up. Where's the guy from the video? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, the hardcore black guy from Philly that was saying, I'll kick your ass in this and I'll kick your ass in that. I said, that's me, but that's only when I'm competing. (laughs) If I'm not competing, I'm just laid back. So they were just kind of shocked by that, that I had this really competitive side, but then also had this, I guess, the softer side. And uh, they really liked that balance. 
in that first season, I remember uh, how you had brought a deck of cards with you to be your luxury item for that first season. Was that something, and I, I know you're a card player, was that something that you really wanted or did you give them like a bunch of things and that's just what they picked? No, I, I really wanted that. And my first choice was to bring chapstick. Yeah. Cause I had no idea, you know, what's, I'm like, well, I need some chat, I wear chapstick all the time, I need some chapstick. They're like, uh, don't bring chapstick. That's kind of dumb. I'm like, no, I wear chapstick every day. I'm bringing chapstick. <laughs> They're like, we'll give you chapstick. Don't bring chapstick. I'm like, all right, cool. Did so, they give yeah. you chapstick? Yeah, we had chapstick. Wow. Look at you guys. So, yes. so Jervis, Brandon from my season, his luxury item was chapstick, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in. So wow. they didn't provide yeah. us with any. So, Brandon had it. Yeah, they, they, right. they, they gave me the chapstick. But so it was a deck of cards. You know, I, I'm like, again, I'm thinking about being on an island. Mm-hmm. We have nothing with us. No paper, pen, computer, phone. So it's, how are we going to entertain ourselves? we bring a deck of cards. At least everybody knows at least one card game. So we could play cards every day. So that was the, the thought process. So then two was I can bond with people through the card game, you know, make a connection. My whole, my whole aspect of playing the game it's all about relationships. So you have to find something in common with every player out there. If you don't, those players are the ones that are always going to be a threat to you because you're not connecting with them. So it's, oh, me and Jenna, we got kids. Oh, yeah. We talk about having kids together. You know, me and Joel, hey, we're the toughest guys out here. You know, we talk about that. And you just go down the line with everybody, just finding something, some connection that you can build upon to build that relationship and make it stronger. But cards is a great way just to play cards all the time. Who was the best card player that was out there with you? Um, probably Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Rich was terrible. <laughs> Rich was terrible. And it's funny. I was letting Rich beat me and he swore. He, he was like beating me like every game after game. And at one point he's like, wait a minute. Are you letting me win? I'm like, no, you're just good, Rich. You're mm-hmm. just good. He's like, no, nah, I think you're letting me win. So he caught on eventually. <laughs> I was trying to get in his good graces. <laughs> so did you, um, I saw that you had an alliance early on starting out and you've mentioned Joel several times, but also with Ramona. So how did that alliance come so quickly with Ramona and Joel? What yeah, happened from know, the beginning? Did it, it's, it all, you know, again, me thinking about the game, it was, well, as soon as we hit the island, it's Ramona. Look, we're the only two black people out here, so we ain't voting against each other. You know that, right? She's like, nope. I'm like, all right, cool. We're good. Ain't got to talk about it anymore. So I have one person that I'm down with. Went to Joel. Like, look, you know, we're the two baddest dudes out here. Nobody's going to beat us. It's going to be me and you in the finals. Let's stick together. He's like, I'm with it. Now I got two. So I need one more to make this alliance complete. And I knew BB wasn't going to be on board. Gretchen wasn't going to be on board. Jenna was too much of a loose cannon for me, so I couldn't mess with her. And Colleen and Greg were so close, we could tell right away that I knew if I got one of them, I would probably pull the other one in. Colleen wasn't down with it, so it was Greg. But Greg just did his own thing. So I was just stuck. I could only get two on board. But I always knew how Greg was thinking, because me and Greg talked a lot. So I knew if I voted a certain way, Greg would probably vote the same way. So we kind of, I just kind of went with that strategy, you know, but, you know, that whole mentality of sticking together, you know, making an alliance, I was doing that from day one. I just never spoke about it. 
mm-hmm. you know, just as the game was going on. I, for me, I was very fearful of the producers because I knew if I said something, they would leak it. And I didn't want that to mess up a plan that I had, you know, when they're in your interviews, you know, they're asking your questions like, well, why wouldn't you do this or that? It's like, well, because I wouldn't, but they're asking me those same type of questions, which clues me into something going on in the game that I may not have known about. So my, my mentality was like, don't give them too much information because they'll mess up your game. Don't speak about these things. Just keep it to yourself. So I just did my best just to keep it quiet. Jervis, you were playing strategy before strategy was was being played. So all these players also, again, since y'all were season one, were there people out there like you thinking strategy, strategy, or compared to some that were just saying, hey, this is this is, is an adventure. I'm just going to have fun with it. I, I think the only person was Rich. You know, on the other team was just Rich was thinking the same way. Uh, and me and Rich have talked about it over the years, you know, before the game started, Rich is doing the same thing. He had a plan of how he wanted to play the game, what he wanted to do. I had the same thing. Um, you know, Tagi gets the credit for making the first alliance and all that stuff. And they, they deserve it. They, they put it out there. They spoke about it. Me, I never talked about it. Me and Joel never spoke about it. Right before the merge, we had six players. Tagi had five. So we knew if we won that last challenge before the merge, we would go in six to four. And me and Joel talked about it. Every day, like we'll pick them off one by one. We'll be the last six and we can fight it out amongst ourselves. We say it to the rest of the tribe and the girls are like, nah, I don't want to do that. Say I like somebody over there. I'm like, who cares if you like them? Like, this is a million dollars. Like, I'd rather lose the one of you guys than the one of them. Mm-hmm. And we got to the point. They were like, if you guys bring it up again, we're going to vote you out next. So me and Joel were like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. So we just had to shut up about it. Like we couldn't even talk strategy anymore with them because they just didn't want to talk about it. their minds weren't there thinking strategy in this game. So we, it just got shut down. We lose that challenge. We merge it five to five and then they begin to pick us off one by one. The same plan that I had to do to them, they did to us. So it just how it worked out. Jervis, uh, we talked about recently on the podcast, we were watching old episodes over the summer and we sort of like bookended it with the first episode of Borneo and the last episode of Borneo. And we saw at the final tribal council in Borneo, you were very upset with the speech that Suhawk gave, the famous snakes and rats speech. I think you said it was foul what uh, Suhawk said to Kelly Wigglesworth there at that final tribal council. Uh, what was that like in the real time to be experiencing what Sue was saying? I, I was shocked just like the rest of America. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it, it, it really, my mind couldn't wrap around it for the fact that we're all out here playing the same game. And it came down to something simple. You're upset because you're not sitting mm-hmm. where Kelly is. That's all, that's all it is. If you were sitting where Kelly was, you wouldn't have a problem with how you played the game and stabbing somebody in the back. But because you're not sitting there, and that's what bothers me about the juries of every season. People are so pissed. And it's like, wait a minute. You're mad because I beat you to the punch and voted you out before you yeah. could get me? Like, And you're that mad about it that you're talking trash on me? Like, It makes no sense. So yeah, I thought it was just so... And she really did go in about... You know, if you were on fire, I wouldn't put you out. I wouldn't <laughs> pee on you like that. Like, it was just, it was so foul that I was just like, wow. 
And, and I'm like, yo, my time we call that a sore loser. Like, that's all you are. Like, you got to be somewhat gracious when you lose. And to me, Kelly really did a phenomenal job, especially season one, with no idols to save you. The only way Kelly could have made it to the finals was to win every immunity challenge. Yeah. And she did. That's why, to me, Kelly's one of the greatest players to ever play this game. Like, that's when your back is against the wall and you have one way to get out of it, one way only, and you do it. And it wasn't just winning one challenge, five in a row. That's like, I was so impressed with that. I'm like, she's got my vote. That's better than anything Rich has done with alliances and all that stuff. Kelly knocked it out the park. Did you watch Kelly in Cambodia? Second chances? Yes, I did. And what'd you you think about her gameplay there compared to when you played with her in Borneo? It it was definitely better. I mean, again, we didn't know what we were doing that first season and the rules were kind of being made up as we went along and changing in the same aspect where the second time having a better idea of how to play the game it, it helps you but then it hurts you also mm-hmm. you know that was the great thing about season one not knowing what to expect so you could just deal with things as they come along but there's a little bit more stress knowing that all right i know there's another alliance out here that's against me i know somebody's plotting on me like all that going in through your head from day one makes it a little bit different. Are you able to even compare your two experiences where on Borneo, where it was like this brand new thing, people didn't really know what it was to when you came back in Blood versus Water and then being played at this game now where you're playing with returning players, everybody knows how it all works. And is it like a completely different experience for you? It, it was totally it was totally different, but it was so much easier. Yeah. For the second time. The second time was like, it's so funny. The hunger pains weren't as bad. I was hungry, but it's like when you've gone through that the first time, you know how bad it is. It's not as bad the second time because you've been through it. And for me, the game was so much faster. That was like the biggest difference to me was day one. It's here's an alliance. It's me. You robbed Tina. And, and the next line, it's me, you, and everybody's coming up to me, and it's a different alliance every time, but I'm in every one of them. And it's like, wait a minute, I can't be in everybody's alliance. No way. Like, somebody's lying to me. And I had to slow the game down a little bit. So it got to a point I said to everybody, I'm not talking strategy or alliances until we lose our first challenge. And they're like, nah, that's not how we play the game anymore. I said, I started this game. You <laughs> how to play the game. Yeah. What are you talking about? You pulled rank on them. This. Yeah, like I started this. You guys are playing it wrong. I'm telling you, you guys are playing it wrong right now. Slow it down. Take a minute. And what I did was I talked to everybody in my tribe and got to know them. Talked to them for two, three hours. And then I, after I talked to everybody, I decided who I wanted to play with. I'm like, you know what? I want to play with Tyson. That's the guy I want to play this game with. Because he, out of everybody, was the most trustworthy to me. And it's funny because before the game started, that was the first person I wanted to get rid of was Tyson from his other seasons. Like he'll mess your game up. Don't trust this guy. Mm-hmm. But after talking to him, I'm like, nah, he's not like that. This guy is the guy you want to play the game with. So we just kind of stuck together and ran through the game. All right. So Jervis, let me ask you this. What did you think? Did Hatch offend you about walking around nude? That's the first thing. And then I want to tell you, we talked with Keith Famey from Australia. And mm-hmm. Keith told us that they really wanted him for season one, Borneo, your season, but he had a scheduling problem with his with his work. 
And he felt like Hatch was his character to, you know, I guess divorce dads with kids. So how did you think about Hatch walking around new? Did it offend you? And what if Famey, Keith Famey had been in Hatch's place? How would that have changed the atmosphere of the whole game for Barney? And what if he was nude in the first season? (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know what? It didn't bother me at all. Rich doing that. You know, I, again, I had a read on Rich um, from day one. I, I knew his type of personality, the type of person he was. Um, You've seen so that at the it, YMCA before, too, right, yeah, Jervis? Yeah, and it's yeah. a locker room. You know, I was walking around all the time in the locker room naked. So I'm like, I'm looking down between us. Like, I ain't got nothing to fear down there. I'm good. Yeah, he ain't packing the weapon down. I'm good. So, you know, it's. He was doing it again to annoy people, get get under their skin. But it wasn't going to get under my skin, so it didn't bother me at all. Um, and you know what? If if anybody else was on that show instead of Rich, the show wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I, again, talking to Rich over the years, I tell him all the time. I would thank him after those first few years. I'd be like, "Thank you." He's like, "You're always thanking me. What are you thanking me for?" I'm like. Because if it wasn't for you, this show wouldn't be the hit that it was. If I won the first season, the show would have only been this big, you know, because people like me and all that stuff. Everybody hated Rich. Mm-hmm. The guy you hate wins a show and people couldn't understand how he could have won. And it just, it just blew the show through the roof. You know, it's just because of Rich and his personality and the way he acted out there. That was the catalyst that really set the show into another stratosphere, you know? So yeah, it's, it's kudos to rich, you know? Since, um, you speak so highly of Kelly Wigglesworth, which is awesome. And also of hatch, that was huge. What do you think about hatch then not being on season 40 winners at war? Since you just say, said he's the one that made it in your opinion, as big as it started to grow. Yeah. You know what? I mean, look, there's a lot of people that could have made it on 40. So it, now, I didn't look at it any other way. The Sepia should have been on season 40. That's somebody else, you know, I think that should be out there. Um, but a- again, too, I think, I don't think Rich would have done well because people have keyed into what Rich does. You know, there's, there's no, there's no more smoke and mirrors. You know, you know what he's trying to do, how he played the game. You've seen it before. Where some other players, like Tony's a perfect example. He acted like he wasn't going to be the same Tony from before. When he was, he mm-hmm. toned it down, of course, a lot, but he was still doing a spy nest and all that kind of, like he was still Tony, but in a different way. So it's hard for, I think, players to change themselves that way. And it's hard. Under those conditions, the true you always comes out. You can't fake it. You got to be yourself. Yeah, I agree with that, especially right. in yes. that Tony did exactly what he needed to do. Like Tony was like, OK, I'm going to downplay. I'm going to hide. And if you even look at like what Richard did the first time he came back in the first All-Stars, he doesn't want to hide. He likes being the center of attention. You know, yep. he wants to be out in front and sort of like uh, have all the attention there. And that's not something that the other players are going to appreciate. Yeah, and I I think he wouldn't have been able to change that, which definitely would have hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 hard. I mean, even my second season, I've said, whatever you're gonna do, don't shoot your mouth off. Whatever you do, keep it in check. And of course, I didn't because you know, at tribal counts, I'm blowing my mouth off. I'm yelling at Hayden. I'm just I'm losing my mind out there. You know, and, mm-hmm. it's, and afterwards, I'm like, why did you do that? You said you weren't going to do that. Like, yeah, you just can't you can't control it sometimes. You know. 
going back to that first season that you said it wouldn't have been as big if you were the winner, but for a long time, a lot of us thought that you were the winner, Jervis, that there was a whole big thing. This was, and I was, you know, there in those uh, first season following along every piece of survivor news that was out there. I was consuming, and this was like a huge national news story of, wait, did it get leaked? That is Jervis, the winner of survivor. And it was just like, up, oh, Jervis is going to win. It's a fact. Everybody, everybody thought that, that you were going to be the winner because if anybody is a new Survivor fan doesn't know this, there was like some glitch that they they like hacked the CBS website and they found a picture of everybody that had a red X on it, except for you. And they said by process of elimination, because on the website that you would get like an X if you were eliminated from the show, then you were Jervis must be the winner because there's no red X picture for him. And so what was that like for you going through those couple of weeks of that? Okay, everybody's just assuming you're the winner. It was pretty crazy because I think I was on the front page of my local newspaper yeah. that I won. So it's now everybody's like, Oh, you won. And it's like, you can't tell them you didn't win. You don't want to disappoint anybody now. Like the family's like, mm-hmm. you won. Why did you tell us you won? I'm like, uh, I want you to be surprised. <laughs> so it, nah, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. Um, were you single during that time or you were, uh, you were in a relationship during that time in a relationship. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was just it, could have it was timed just that better. Crazy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> ideally, yeah. Ideally, when the when the fake news comes out, you well, you want to be single. I think yeah. it could help. It could help. <laughs> yeah. it, was, like, so it was a crazy. Experience. You get some free dinners too. I bet then during that time. A lot of those. Yeah. Um, but I just you know I just downplayed it the best I could, you know, and just but you know. People are just funny. Like, wait a minute. I saw him driving a different car. He must have won. And I'm like, nah, that's my friend's car. It's not my car. You know, he mm-hmm. won new underwear. I think he won. Like, nah, I need mm-hmm. underwear. That's all it is. I didn't want any money. You know, it's just, <laughs> a million. Mm-hmm. so, you know, people are just funny, but that, yeah, that was, that was a big thing. Um, and, and it, it was going around. And it's funny. I think right after that, it must have been a week or two after that, I got voted out. Mm-hmm. So it didn't stay that long. It was real quick. Like, oh, he won. I was shocked. I was like, wait, how is this, How could this be? Yeah. Then that happened, and it was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that t- story, T Bird? No, I did not know that story. <laughs> yeah. Because I started watching season one. My mom called me from the very beginning every week, and she kept saying, "You've got to watch this show. You've got to watch this show." You. And I didn't tune in till the night Ramona got voted out, but she was like, I think the fourth one. So from there, I was glued. As soon as I watched Ramona get voted out, after it was over, I went and applied because I thought, okay, this is why mom wants me to watch it. I thought I got to do this. So no, so I didn't, I wasn't into it to hear all that, what you're, what you're talking about, Rob. Yeah. Were you asked, so um, Jervis, were you asked prior to season 27? To go back out, have they contacted you prior to that? Yeah, yeah, I got I got a couple calls uh, for a couple different seasons: All Stars, um, Heroes versus Villains, um, 
might have been another one in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got I got a couple calls of interest if I was interested in doing the show. Told them, yeah, I would definitely do it, and just didn't make the cut. Yeah, and again, you know how they do it. You know, it's whatever theme they have going on. Um, I know All Stars. They had a lot of people from season one. I think they had four. Yeah, five people from season one out there. Yeah, Rudy, Rich, Rich Sue, yeah, and Jenna. Rudy, Sue, and Jenna. Yeah. Okay, so yep. I mean, to, to put a fifth one out there, I mean, you must well do one whole tribe at that point mm-hmm. of season one players. So uh, yeah, you know, it's just waiting my time. And I, honestly, I never thought I was going to get called again. You know, that was a thirteen-year layoff before <laughs> they called me back. So I'm like, yeah, they're not calling me. You know, my, my time is up. So you know, I was just a fan of the show, watching it. You know, watching my friends get back on again and things like that. You know, it's cool. Watching Rob play, all this, all that stuff. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> For season twenty-seven, when they told you they wanted you to have a friend or a loved one, did Marissa, your niece, was she the first? Was she was young? Wasn't she twenty-one? Yes. Yeah, was 21. there anybody else? Was there anybody else in the running other than your niece to go out there with you? No. Uh, she well. She was my last choice, and thank goodness she said yes because I wouldn't have made it on. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I was going to ask my daughter to go, but she had just had a baby, so yeah. that was out. Um, my other daughter was too young to go and doesn't like bugs and all that kind of stuff, so she never would have done the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, can I bring one of my aunts? Can I bring my grandma? <laughs> like, I want to get on this show. I, I got I to bring a female. I got to get on the show. I need a female to be with me out here. Yeah. So you know, I was just trying to find somebody to go, and then you know, I called my niece up. And she was like, yeah, I want to do this show. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. It's perfect. That's what I needed to hear. Has she kept up with it? Uh, I think she tries to catch up with it every now and then. You know, Marissa yeah. is, is, is a free spirit. You know, she's out in the world becoming a woman. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, she was 21 at the time. So she had a lot to, you yeah. know, just graduated UNC Chapel Hill. Uh and lucky for her, it worked out. She yeah. had just graduated too, timing wise. If they filmed it earlier in the year or something, you know, probably wouldn't have been able to go. I know she got voted out a lot earlier than either one of y'all would want to see, but did mm-hmm. it bring y'all closer together going through that experience together? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, Blood versus Word is just a great idea. You know, that season, I, I thought, like that, I think that's one of the best seasons, just the, the concept behind it to have a loved one out there. And, you know, you're, you're playing for yourself, but you're playing for them too. In that sense, you know, even though you can't really help them a lot of the time, but it was just that motivation. I mean, when they voted her out, I was surprised. Number one, um, I thought she was one of the strongest females they had on their tribe. Um, so to get rid of her was shocking. Then two, you know, then I took it as they were trying to take a shot at me. Mm-hmm. So that that was my motivating factor at that point to say, you know what? No problem. I'm going to make sure. I, I, I promised her. I said, Marissa, I promise you every one of them will be gone before I leave this island. I will not let one of these fools on your tribe last longer than me. And it's what? a promise I kept to her. Hey, so yeah. I was proud of that. Yeah, yeah. It was a promise I made and a promise I, I intended to keep to her no matter what. So I was glad I could do that. I think it'll be harder playing with a loved one because you can't, you're trying to focus on them. You're trying to focus on your game. So obviously once she was voted out, you, like you just said, you really were focused on yourself getting as far as you did. And 
you got very far. So congratulations. Thank you. Jerv, so I want to hear a little bit about the new movie that you have uh, coming out, because I think that this is a really funny idea where you are playing yourself, Jervis Peterson, in the movie where that there are that you are kidnapped by somebody. And I would just love to hear a little bit about how did you end up getting involved uh, with this? Did these guys write this with you in mind or did they have a a script where they needed a survivor and they reached out to you? So uh, I met Ray Martin years ago um, and uh, just became good friends. Uh, He owns a green car service out here in Philly and uh, just hit it off. And then uh, he said he had this idea for a movie. Uh, He got a good friend of his, Walt Haley, to write it. Had the script. It was originally called Stealing Paul Rudd. <laughs> okay. And uh, so he wanted to get this movie made. So he asked me to help him do it. So we're, you know, doing the circuit, as you know, Rob, of trying to get a movie made, right. raising money and, and all that stuff. And, you know, had different opportunities for things to happen and nothing ever worked out. And then the script had changed names through the whole process. It was stealing Steve Gutenberg at one point. <laughs> it could have been called stealing Justin Bieber, it would have been stealing Kevin Hart. So it was just, you know, going through the rounds and he got right got to a point. And this is like eight years now in of trying to get this movie made. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to get this movie made. Do you mind taking the lead in it? We'll call it stealing Jervis and you know, we'll just film it ourselves. Yeah. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. Because I know you want this to be a big budget film. So I said, give it one more shot, exhaust all your possibilities. And then if that happens, we can do it and make it an indie film and I'll do the lead in it. Mm-hmm. So another two years went by, nothing happened. He came to me and said, Hey, I- I've exhausted all possibilities. Let's, let's make this movie. So I said, all right, let's do it. So yeah. So we just raised the money. Um, you know, got the actors, locations and just. Rocked out with it. I see also that uh, George Went from Cheers is in this movie. Uh, yeah, how did that Norm. happen? Yeah, Norm. Yeah, so uh, one of the guys in the movie, Christopher G. Phillips, uh, or Morris, Christopher G. Morris, he knows, he plays Tanner in the movie. Mm-hmm. He, he knew George and had a connection there. So we reached out to George, asked him if he could play Ray's father. He said, yeah, he would love to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, secured him in. Um, uh, we got a, I, you know, there's a lot of great actors here in Philly. Uh, Brian Anthony Wilson is one. Christopher Mann is another one. They've done major motion pictures in Hollywood and all this stuff. They're good friends of mine. We've done movies together before in the past. So I definitely wanted them in it. So I had an opportunity to get them in it. So it was a great project where you can work on it. Again, as you know, Rob, where you can get your friends in a movie that mm-hmm. you're doing. Like, yeah. It's, it's a good feeling when you can do something like that. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Um, and we were able to just do that, get a lot of local people in it, um, local locations. And, you know, we, we had the best time making this movie. Can you tell us without giving away the whole plot, why did they want to kidnap you? So uh, the, the plot of the movie is that it's 19 years later. Yes. You know, my career is in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And so it's I'm, fiction. I'm, it's fiction. Yes. yes. That part's fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back on top. Um, and nothing's working for me. You yeah. know, I'm doing trash movies and, uh, I bump into Ray 
Ray has a car service that's going under. His dad has ruined the car service and they're about to lose it. And Ray has this idea to, you know, do a car camera show like Jerry Seinfeld Mm -hmm. was doing. And, um, I end up getting drunk with Ray. Yeah. End up at his house. My manager calls me and basically tells me that I'm trending again for the first time in 19 years and whatever I'm doing, stay gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So you're I'm in just, on it. You're not against yeah, so your will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, I guess I'll just stay kidnapped here. And until my manager calls me and tells me the cliffs is clear, mm-hmm. not knowing that the cops are looking for Ray because people think because somebody filmed him, you know, throw me into the car and they think I've been kidnapped and everything. Mm-hmm. So that that that's pretty much the gist of it and then it's just some shenanigans that happen through the movie and all this stuff and uh you know i rise like a phoenix <laughs> yeah back on top all right so so jervis tell us did you do it how many different locations did you use how long did it take to film it do you have any cameos in there i have so many questions for you um, we use a lot of locations in Philly, the Radnor Hotel, uh, Barnaby's Bar and Restaurant. So a lot of local spots out in Philly, we use Ray's house to film at, film at the shore. Um, and it took us probably about a good two to three months to film it because we weren't filming, you mm-hmm. know, every day through the week. We would film when we could film. Um, so it was like some weekends we filmed and we stop and then had to pick it up again and, you know, reshoots and things like that. So it, it was a, a typical process for shooting a movie. Um, but we were able to knock it out and, uh, you know, our cinematographer, Matt Mahoney did a great job filming it. He edited the movie also. So, you know, we were pleased with what we ended up with. So any cameos? Did you try to get Probst or Burnett? To be a <laughs> yeah, cameo was Mark Burnett in the movie, Jervis? No, no Mark Burnett. Or Jeff Probst. Yeah. I, I can't afford those guys. <laughs> can't, can't, can't afford those guys. Um, I, I think, uh, who's in the movie? Uh, no, did we have any big cameos? We had a J- Jason Kelsey from uh, the Eagles is in there. Mm-hmm. So if you're local, you know, you like the Eagles, you'll, you'll recognize him. But that's about it. Not, not too many. It's like I said, it was a lot of our friends that we got mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, uh, and there's no Bryce and Wendell appearances. They don't come and oh, rescue that, you. That is that is the cameo, Bryce. Oh, Bryce, Bryce is, is in this. Bryce, yeah, yeah, Bryce, your boy, your boy Bryce. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. So uh, I, I, I did get Bryce in the movie. Bryce plays a bouncer in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it throws, it throws me out of a bar. So uh, it, it's one of those scenes. Don't blink, you might miss him. But mm-hmm. uh, he made the cut, and also. So I, you know, I asked Bryce to write me a song for the movie. Oh yes, so Bryce does music, and Bryce wrote me this killer song for the movie. Unfortunately, it didn't make it into the movie, but he so he did it's on me the a movie solid, soundtrack. It's not even on the soundtrack, man. It, <laughs> oh, it, it, didn't no. it, oh. it didn't make it at all. But the song was fire. He killed it on this song, and, mm-hmm. he, and I, yo, thanks to my boy Bryce, like he really did look out for me on that. He did. He gave me the cameo appearance, and he gave me a song too. You're not going to be in the Zaddy calendar, Jervis. Mm, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm Zaddy material. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I don't agree with that at all. I've seen them guys in that all calendar. Right, so- so, Jervis, who would be now that you're an actor, an A-list actor? I want to know who would be who would you would want to work with as your leading lady 
uh, Salma Hayek, of Angelina. Course. Right there. Stop. <laughs> Which Stop one? Right there. Salma Hayek. Listen, I've been a big Salma Hayek fan forever. Yeah. It's so funny because even during the interview process, um, I, like this is going to, I always tell the story. People think I'm such a weirdo for it, but I used to cut her pictures out of a magazine, <laughs> put them back to back and laminate them. I had little summer high trading cards. I had a six foot cardboard cut out of her sitting on a pumpkin <laughs> in my room. But why and did you do that? I'm just a fan of summer high. So, you know, in the, in the whole interview process and everything, when you're doing survivor, they ask you, well, I don't know if they do it anymore, but first he's like, if you could get a letter from anybody or make a phone call to anybody, who would it be? And I wrote Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. You know? So when I won the challenge in season one, and I got to make the phone call, they're like, who are you going to call? And I'm about to say, and Kelly, and Kelly looked at me, she's like, you better not say Selma Hayek. <laughs> but yeah, I would have called Selma Hayek in a heart. T-Bird, did you know this about Jervis? I knew that you know what? I knew I read something that he was a big Salma Hayek fan. So I thought <laughs> oh. now, now that he's an A-lister, who would he want to be his leading lady? I just and thought I this figured, was an incredible guess on your part. <laughs> no, throwing a dart at Selma Hayek. <laughs> no, I did a little background, a little research on jackpot. Jervis. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. All right, so Jervis, like those guys that kidnapped right, him. <laughs> That's how they started. Right, so Jervis. So again, now you're a list actor. What director do you want to work with now? So I could give you some choices: James Cameron, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, Woody Ray Allen, Martin. Ray Martin. Pick your director for your next movie. All right. First of all, uh, I'm not an a list actor. Let's take that tag out of there, okay? <laughs> he's Let's on, uh, he's on a list. Yes. Let's slow down. Let's slow down there. Um, <laughs> you know, director wise, look, there are so many great directors. Um, you know, I, I would love to work with Ryan Coogler, uh, who did Black Panther. Um, Quentin Tarantino is all, he's done a lot of movies that I've loved. You know, he's got that thing about him, you know, um, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to work with a, a Scorsese or a Spielberg? Also, those are you those wouldn't pass if on on working with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't pass with anybody. Yeah, I, I'll be happy to just to get the job. Jers, that did you stay in Philly all these years, or did you go to L.A. and then come back? Yeah, so I moved to L.A. Me and Joel uh, were out in L.A. for two years, um, tearing up L.A. Mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, so then moved back home to philly after that and yeah been back here since yeah i bet you're still recognized uh, a ton in philly and philly and everywhere else too yes yeah. yes it still still happens but yeah definitely definitely here at home definitely get recognized a lot still yeah and what do people say when uh, they like, uh, you know, I'm sure this has happened, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of times now they come up to you and they say, are, are you Jervis from Survivor? And then and then what do they ask you? They usually like, I love that show. I loved you on the show or my mom loved you. My yeah. brother loved you. If, you know, somebody they're related to or a best friend. They love me on the show. They're a big fan of mine. Um, and it's cool. It's all love, man. It's it's still pretty crazy at the end of the day. You know, it's been 20 years later, but you know, I'm like, wait a minute, you recognize me from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is pretty crazy still. And 
I'm very flattered, man, that, you know, somebody is still a fan of mine where I left that impression on them that they were rooting for me. You know, that's, it's just, it's just a good feeling, man. I'm, I'm very humbled by that, you know, still to this day. It's just like, wow. You know, it makes you feel like you did something good in this world. Mm-hmm. Jervis, of all the neat thing you've, you've done because of Survivor, what is the number one thing you put the, at the top of your list? Not, not your children. We know your children are, of course, at the top. What is the coolest thing that, that comes to mind that you've been able to do because of Survivor? Man, that's or a your, great question. Your biggest, yeah, or your biggest accomplishment that you're most proud of because of Survivor. You know what? There, there have been so many things. I don't even know if it's just one big thing. Um, there, there, there are, there are a couple things for me. You know, uh, one was playing in the NBA Entertainment League. Like that was just, you know, I'm a basketball guy. So to be able to play in a league with, you have stars like Ashton Kutcher, Toby Maguire, Ice Cube, like all these guys are in the league playing on your basketball team where you're playing against them every week. That was just a, a highlight. Um, but, you know, going to the People's Choice Awards was really a, a, another great moment and we won. So to be able to, to be in this, you know, the audience, Call your show, you win and be able to walk up on stage to accept the award with Mark Burnett. You know, it, it was just crazy that, you know, that's, that's just a huge moment too. Um, but there, there are, there are a lot of big moments because for me, again, never thinking that any of this stuff would ever happen. And on the scale that it happened for me, it was just, I, I could talk for days about all the things that I've done that was so cool. Right, what is the coolest? Something else too is cool is just doing things with Joel. Cause me and Joel just, you know, yeah. hit it off on the show. So being able to come off the show and do things with your best bud from the show mm-hmm. and just travel, do events together, you know, do things together. That, that was another highlight, you know, having a buddy there to do it with. Do you still keep up with Joel? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. Is he in the movie? Is he in the movie? He didn't make the cut. <laughs> nah, he didn't make the cut. Oh man. So sorry, Joel. Maybe all right, so Jervis, uh, of all the people you've met through the years at all these celebrity functions, who was the big, the one you'd say, "Wow, I got to meet who?" That you still remember, Selma Hayek? Nah, unfortunately, have never met Selma Hayek. Mm. Rob, work on that for me. Okay, uh, let me see what I, I can do. You got better connections than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think what, you know what, uh, again, that's, it's not even a one person thing for that because I said the NBA entertainment league, just to see all these stars every week mm-hmm. and, and you're playing basketball against them. That, that was just, you know, a very surreal, a very surreal moment, you know, and just kind of just seeing stars, you know, we, I think we're at the people's choice awards when it was the cast of CSI saw us and, you know, they kind of, like, whoa, those are those guys, you know, seeing other celebrities freak out about you is pretty cool. Um, Kate Hudson, Jimmy Fallon, meeting those guys was cool. I met Aaliyah before she passed away. That was real cool. Got to interview her. So mm-hmm. like I said, it's, it's not one person. There's so many people that, you know, I, I was have fortunate to cross paths with. Jervis, who did you say you met before they passed away? I'm sorry. I missed that. Aaliyah. She was an R&B singer. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, great. I mean, wonderful memories. 
Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you yeah. this. From season one to season 27 to season 40, how has Jeff Probst, you know, since you played with him out there as the first one, how has he evolved as a host from one to 27 to 40, in your opinion? Oh, he's gotten so good at his job. I mean, as you guys can all attest to, Jeff, Jeff knows what's going on. He knows the right questions to ask. All, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, taking more ownership of the show. You could definitely see the difference in that. You know, Jeff was wet behind the ears like us on that first season, you know, and, and if you watch it, it even looks kind of hokey and, and quirky. Mm-hmm. We had to, we had to ring a gong when we walked into yeah. tribal council every time, hit that dang on gong. And, uh, it's like, wow, that is kind of corny, but. <laughs> At the moment, it was just like, yo, this is crazy. We're hitting this guy. I'm going to come into tribal council. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, Jeff has definitely evolved into the role of host. And, I mean, is there a better host out there in TV land, man? Je- Jeff does a phenomenal job with that show. Jervis, have you gone back and watched any of those old episodes from the first season? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I- I've watched them. It's torture. Yeah. It's- it's- it's Why? Torture. Why is it torture? Everything was so slow. Like, anytime they would go to commercial break, it'd be like a slow motion shot, like, yeah, you know, people turn into the camera all slow and everything. Um, I did like about it because they showed a lot of the island life mm-hmm. and a lot of things we did, you know, when we weren't competing. I did, I really do like that aspect of the game, you know, because you get to see the personalities of the contestants a little bit more, um, the different things we were doing out there. And, uh, but the competitions, like even some of the competitions they, they've used over and over again, yeah. and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing watching that first season, the ideas they had to see that they've lasted this long. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much the same show. You know, they've added different aspects to it with idols and tokens and things like that. But the basis of the show is still exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the players that come into the show who really help evolve the show, their gameplay, the things they do, where now tribal council, people are just getting up and whispering in each other's ears, stepping to the side, talking to each other. We were terrified to get out of our seats. Yeah. You know, yep. that first season, like, I'm not going to, you're not going to get to talk to anybody. You know, people are scared to crack jokes as tribal because it was so serious. But I was cracking jokes all the time, you know, and, and doing silly stuff at Tribal just to lighten the mood a little bit. So it's, it's cool to see that it's evolved that way. Also, I read that you really wanted, would like to have the chance to play with uh, CB, who I call CB, Clarence Black and Sean Rector, who two guys that I'm absolutely nuts crazy about. I can't even imagine the three of y'all out there playing together. <laughs> oh, it would be fun. I tell you that <laughs> yeah. much. We would be wrecking some shit up in there without a doubt. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I would have loved to play with Clarence. That's my guy. I love Clarence and Sean too. Um, two good dudes. Um, and you know, and for me, it's the competition part. I, I thought that they were good competitors in the game, you know, from the physical and the mental aspect of the game, I, you know, to go up against somebody like that, you know, I, I think would definitely be a challenge for me. So I, I would love to do that. Which of those guys is the bigger threat? Who are you more worried about, uh, Sean or Clarence? <sighs> Clarence. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I would say Clarence just because I think Clarence still got a little shadiness in him, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to be straight up with you, tell you like it is. So I ain't going to even BS with you. Clarence got that little shadiness to him still. So I think I would have to watch yeah. out for Clarence. So, Jervis, you know, I played with Clarence with CB. I love him. We started out on different tribes, so we never got to work together. Um, but anyway, I love Clarence. I really do. He's uh, he's neat. And he's got that little devilish grin. And exactly like you said, with Sean, I think you know where you stand. With CB, not so much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think, if you can, I know a lot of 40 seasons, a lot of seasons, is there anybody that stands out to you that has not played a second time that you think, oh, I'd really like to see them play a second time? Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's plenty of people. Uh, Vesepia is one. Clarence is another off the top of my head. Sean, you know, those three right there. Mm-hmm. Would definitely love to see play again. Um, trying to think who else. Uh uh, man, now I'm drawing a blank that fast. But there, there, there are plenty of people that I would love to see play again. Um, definitely old school people, too. I'd love to see a lot of the old school players get back into the game again. Um, you know, new school players, too. I mean, there, there have been some, there have been some really good players in the game as the years have gone on. And, um, you know, people, I think every player would love to play twice, you know, especially if you don't win, you know, you kind of see where you went wrong and the mistakes you made. You just want a second chance to try to correct them if you can. Um, and, and that's how I always looked at it. I'm like, I know I can win this game. You know, if I ever had a second chance, I could, I, I, I'll say this. I know I can make it to the finals, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's out of my hands at that point. Um, you know, it, if you've pissed people off enough, they're just not going to vote for you no matter if you're the best player. Or not, you know, and people vote for the, the game is funny in this way where people vote for the strategy they like. If you like somebody that kind of coasted through the game and didn't get any votes ever at tribal and you respect that type of game, that's who you're going to vote for to win. If you like somebody who won every immunity challenge to the end, you're voting for that person. So it all depends on what you consider great gameplay. You know, that's that's that really fine line, I think, when it comes to voting for the winner. You know, you can respect Tony's game all you want, but just didn't think respect that because you wouldn't have played the game that way. So you vote for somebody else who played the game more like you. So, you know, I felt like I could definitely get to the finals, though, if I had a second chance and and fortunate enough that I did. Is there anybody's gameplay that you've watched that reminds you of your gameplay? You know what? Mm, I mean, what? I don't even know what my gameplay is. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what did you change up between your first season and season twenty-seven? Was there anything that you could put your finger on? Yeah, oh, absolutely. First season, my my whole plan for a season was I knew I could get through the first three weeks on charm and personality. Yeah. And after that, I got to work. And sure enough, three weeks in, I'm coasting through. Now I got to work, and. It was, I, you know, it was up to the merge that I had to work and prove that it's not just charm and personality that I could play the game. And that was going well for me. You know, if, if I could have got an extra person to work with me later on in the game, you know, maybe something else could have happened. The second time I played, it was more of, I'm going to play the game the way I want to play it. I don't care what any other players are doing. I'm not, nobody's going to tell me how to play this game. 
you know, I know exactly what I want to do out here and that's what I'm going to do. So it was more of the second time just being very sure of myself and my gameplay. And the key was I knew I needed one person. I feel I, I'm a firm believer if you have one person that you can trust, that's all you need. The more people you can trust is always better. But if you have one solid person you can trust, you can really get through this game. Um, and that was my goal was just to find one person and it ended up being Tyson. So I felt like at that point, I had the guy that I wanted to work with and I was going to play the, and I, and I even told Tyson, like, look, I might do some things you don't like, but I got to play the game I want to play and I'm going to do it in the confines of not blowing our thing up, of course, mm-hmm. but I still have to play my game because if I get voted out early, I don't want to look back this time and say, man, if I just did this, or why didn't I do that? I knew I should have did this move. I wasn't going to do that. You know, I was going to play the game and the chips fall after that where they fall. But when I walk out of this game, I'm going to say, no, nah, I did exactly what I wanted to do. And I played it my way. Was there something you did that Tyson didn't like? <laughs> um, Nothing that I did that he did that I didn't like. We, it's funny. We talked about everything we did. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a funny thing still watching the show. You cannot tell people who to vote for. And people do it every season. So it would come up. All right. Who do you want to vote out? I want to vote out Laura. Why? Given my reasons. Who do you want to vote out? I want to vote out Sierra. Why? These are the reasons. Okay. Well, this is why we need to get Laura instead of Sierra because, and I explain it and break it down to him, how it benefits us. He would do the same. And then if we still didn't agree, it's like, all right, well, what's best for our game right now? And then we just have to pick what would be best for our game. We pick that person and that's what we rolled with. It was never a Tyson, you got to vote for this person because you're not going to tell me who to vote for. And I said, that's one of the biggest mistakes that happen every season is people are just bullying people into voting for somebody. You better vote for them. You got to vote for them. It's, we were just like, look, who you want to vote for? Who do you, like, what do you think? Like, what's, what's in our best interest? We're, we're working together here. So what's in our best interest to make it through another three days and another vote? And we did that every time. So there wasn't anything where I did, I feel like. I know at one point late in the game, around day 28, Tyson was getting a little crazy. And he was like, I'm going to vote myself out and I'm going to go to Redemption Island. I'm going to win my way back in. And I'm like, why the hell would you do that? Mm-hmm. And he had this master plan of how he was going to get voted out, go to Redemption Island, win, come back in. And that would help us out, make it deeper into the game. I'm like, man, you're crazy right now. We ain't doing that. You are <laughs> out of your mind. Yeah. I, had to, I had to shut it down. He, I mean, he was hell bent on this plan he had. And I'm like, dude, if you do that, we are done. Mm-hmm. We are toast. And then he finally kind of realized that it was not a bright idea. Mm-hmm. And he let it go. But yeah, it, it, there were moments out there where, you know, you just get a little nutty. You get yeah. a crazy thing in your head and you think it's going to work. And it's good having a partner that I can talk you out of that. Yeah. Well, he says that's why he wasn't afraid to pick the rock because then he felt like worst case scenario, he was going to have to go to a, the uh, Redemption Island and win his way back in. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, we, I mean, we talked about that too. You know, are, are we willing to pull rocks? He was like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, me mm-hmm. too. I'm like, yeah, we both felt like we could go and win. Yeah. But you were immune in. that time that they had yeah. to pick the rocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. You were, yeah, you were so, in, a, in a good spot. It was in my benefit. Yes. Yeah. 
And I'm the one shooting my mouth off, like, yeah, let's throw rocks. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if we throw Jervis. rocks. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jervis, so I watched, the course, Winners at War, and, and I was pulling for Ethan, of course, from my season. Mm-hmm. But as and I, I continued pulling for him, but as the game continued on, I started pulling for Tyson. And I really liked him where I wasn't pulling for, for him at the beginning. But then I was. So are you guys still close? Are you still good friends? Yeah, that that's that's my BFF. <laughs> uh, wow. BFF. Okay, so yeah, he he's a good dude. I mean, like I said, we, we bonded yeah. out there. We really hit it off. Um and Okay, Rob. Yes. So I get the next question. Please, Rob, please, please, sure. please. Sure. Okay, thank you. Is he in the movie? That was the question? Yes, is he in stealing a survivor? He's his B. He's his BFF. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Listen, Tyson's a busy guy. Tyson's a busy guy. Yeah, Tyson's got a lot going on. Did you ask him to be in the movie? No. Oh, (laughs) Tyson. Okay, I just thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. He's too big. That's that's small potatoes for Tyson. (laughs) Tyson's a winner. I would have to pay him. Tyson commands a, a big dollar. Well, you know, friends do stuff for friends, you know. <laughs> Look what Bryce did. Look what Bryce did for you. He wrote the theme song. Of course, it didn't make it on, but, you know, yeah. still. Still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bryce is a good dude. Mm-hmm. It's another good, but yeah, no, Tyson, Tyson's my guy, you know. You know, we, we still talk. You yeah. know, we went on vacation a few years ago. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm probably gonna go check him out soon too. Where'd you go? So you went to Hawaii? Yeah, we went to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, had had an incredible time. Mm -hmm. Incredible time. And I mean, you know, it's just crack, it's cracking jokes all the time. All we do is crack jokes. So it's just, yeah, a lot of, I get it. Jokes being cracked, you know, a lot of laughing going on, just enjoying nature. Nature with Tyson. Tyson. Right. Uh, Jervis, how much over these 40 seasons have you kept up with Survivor? Are you sort of in and out or are you like ride or die with the show every week? Not, you know what? I'm a fan of the show. Um, I watched for a long time and then it, there, there were a few years that I missed some episodes. You just have a life. Of working. Right. Yeah. And I'm just busy, man, working, but definitely got back into it. Um, and it's one of those things where somebody's always going to ask me, what do I think mm-hmm. of the new season? And you feel kind of super like, uh, I don't watch it anymore. I didn't watch it. You know, so I'm like, I got to make a point to watch it. It's cool. I, I, if I, I DVR it. So if I don't watch it live, then I'll DVR it. You know, I try to live tweet during the show when it's on. Um, and then if I don't, then I'll just DVR it, watch it. But I'm, I keep up with it now. Definitely. Yes. Uh, Jervis, are the Eagles going to turn it around? Yes, we are. Yes. First place in the division right now at a one, two, and one record, which is pitiful. But look, all you got to do is win the division and make it to the playoffs. And yeah. Anything can happen. It's been a bittersweet season for you because the Eagles are struggling, but the Cowboys are struggling more. Yes, it's even better. Yes, I, I love to follow your posts about uh, how the Cowboys are doing as well. <laughs> yes, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I hate them. Oh, man. I got some posts coming up for the game. I'm going to roast them some more. <laughs> T-Bird, do you have anything else for Jervis? 
Well, I was going to ask Jervis, Jervis um, are you a, a Amazing Race guy or a Big Brother guy? Are you watching either either one? Jervis doesn't watch Big ready? Brother, not since he was in the Big Brother house. Yeah, not yeah. Once I did that show, I was done with it. I don't need to watch it anymore. You didn't hear me talk Whoa, to him? I didn't know this. I didn't know I he was in the Big Brother house. Yeah, I told Hayden, this ain't Big Brother. This is Survivor. We do things different around here. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. I guess I didn't research enough. There you go. But yes, I was on season two of Big Brother. Uh, they brought four survivors in to compete against the last four people on Big Brother. So it was me. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yes. Alicia and Jeff, Jeff Varner. Jeff Varner. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Alicia Wade. Yeah. Sue Hawk and me. So we went in there. They put a $10,000 prize, whoever won the challenge, and we won. Kicked their butts. It's so funny. They should have won. They were they were killing. They were murdering us in that challenge. We ended up pulling it out. Won the money, the title. Yeah, that's the season Will Kirby won. The yes, boy, Doc, yes. That's the Will Kirby. I, I rewatched that season a couple of years ago. That's the, uh, I, I remember that when that happened, and uh, it was wild to see it recently. Yeah, you know what? I actually watched it, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it was just... And one of those another crazy surreal moments, man. You're watching a show and another show invades the show. Like Survivor's invading Big Brother. But uh that that show is tough though. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the house for like three days and that's that show is tough. Yeah. Yeah, Just I would think so. In the house and the camera, you know, like you know, cameras are everywhere. You brush your teeth in the morning. It's like there's a camera behind this mirror. Mm-hmm. Like you just it, yeah. <laughs> it, that 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 takes a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. So, Jervis, what do you think about Will Kirby? Because before you answer, Rob, he likes him a lot. Right, Rob? We talked about this. Yeah. He admires his his gameplay a lot, a lot, a lot. You know what? (laughs) I I love Will, man. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Was he in the movie? He's not in the movie. No, he's not in the movie either. (laughs) He's too big to be in the movie. He's too too big and too busy. No, he's not because uh, he's on Big Brother. If he's on Big Brother, he can be in your movie, right, Rob? Oh, my bell just quit. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, Will, Will Will's a good dude. I like Will a lot. Uh, you know, he. It's funny if you watch Will play. It, I, when I was in a Big Brother house with Will, and I was talking to him, and he was literally telling me. I've done nothing but lie to these people in this house and they know I'm lying and I lie to them again and they're okay with like, Will has that personality that, mm-hmm. you know, he can lie to you straight to your face. You know, he lied to you. You're mad about it, but you forgive him and he'll lie to you again and you're okay with that too. And he just kept doing that till he won the show. Yeah. Like it, it was, it's incredible to see certain people with those type of personalities um, work their magic. You know, it's just, it's a sight to behold. And, and he, he's a charmer, man. He, he is. Rob, I think that's what you said. Yes. His, his confessionals, everything's, he's smooth. Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, smooth operator. Smooth operator. Jervis, that something that T-Bird has been working on for a couple of years is that she's been on the hunt to one day find one of your former tribe mates, Colleen Haskell. Have you had have you had any contact with Colleen in the last fifteen years? Uh, I have not. Okay. No. Now, me and Colleen used to uh, hang out probably the first 
two, three years after the show. Yeah. yeah. Maybe up to four years after the show. Um, kept in contact all the time. Even when I left LA, because I was in LA for two years, moved back home. I would fly back out. We will always have lunch or dinner, um, get together, all that stuff. But uh, you know what? She she was never about the whole, you know, celebrity life and all the hoopla and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. She really just wanted to go back to the quote unquote normal life and just, you know, do her thing, live her life. So kudos to her because she was able to accomplish that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's yep. like trying to find a needle in a haystack. What? Trying to go back to a normal life after Survivor? No, trying to find Colleen. To find oh, Colleen. I was going to say. A lot of the survivors end up finding the normal life after the show. Uh, did she have a bad experience uh, working on the animal? You know what? I, she, I don't think she did. You know, but my talks with her, she, you know, we talked about her, her even doing that movie. She came to me, told me she got the offer to do it, and she didn't know if she should do it or not. I'm like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Do that damn movie, girl. Yeah. So uh, take the money. You right. know, I told her, you know what? Do the movie, take the money, and then just. Go back to Miami, you mm-hmm. know, do your thing, live your life then. You know, that's what you want to do. Might as well go with some money in your pocket. Yeah. So I, I think she had a good experience on it, but it, it for, it's not her. It's not what she wanted to do, you know. So it's a little bit different when that's not your goal or your passion or you, you really don't have a heart for that type of stuff. Uh, so, you, you know, you do it, but you're okay to just be done with it. Okay. Well, Jervis is not done with it. He's in Stealing a Survivor, which you could watch on on Prime. All platforms. All Amazon, platforms. Oh, I Amazon got, Prime. I got this. Yes. Yeah, Amazon. All right. Did you just call me Tina? So, hey, so Jervis, Jervis. So I told Rob this last week on, on Africa. The first couple of days, uh, Brandon kept calling me Tina, which I get that a lot, by the way. Believe you me. And I told uh, Brandon, I say, Brandon, just call me T-Bird. So, hey, Jervis, just call me T-Bird. Okay, so I want to tell you, it's on Amazon, Google Play, Vimco, Voodoo, Xbox, available on iTunes, iDemand, and Fandango Now. Did I miss any? iDemand. And it's on on demand on your uh, cable company. Just say my name in your remote mm-hmm. or say stealing a survivor in your remote and the movie comes up in all its glory. Okay. All right. What's the I movie rated, it. Jervis? It's rated PG. Oh, it's a family movie. 13. Okay, PG-13. Good, good, good. PG-13. Okay. All right. <laughs> and Jervis, are you on? Tw- I know you're on Instagram. Tell us your Twitter, or your Instagram. It's Sagerv. Now you're on Facebook. Yeah, S-A-Y-G-E-R-V. Sagerv on Instagram and Twitter. So I love the part in the trailer that says, hashtag, I mean, you have um, trending trending for the first time in 19 years. I don't know why I just giggled over that. Mm -hmm. So I want to see, I want to see hashtag trending for the first time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get this out to everybody. This is this is really fun, Jervis. I'm really really proud of you, Jervis. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun movie. <clears throat> you know, we we had a great time doing it, and uh, like I said, we've been working on it for over ten years. So it's just it feels great to finally get this movie made and have it out. You know, for the public to just kick back, and enjoy. You know, watch it if you like it. Cool. If you hate it, you think it's a piece of crap. That's but cool. Keep too. it to yourself then. Man, it's it's cool, you know. Look, it, it's not for everybody. You know how things are. That that doesn't. If people hate this movie. It doesn't bother. Is it me at even all. for cowboy fans? 
It's even for cowboy fans. Wow. Yes. They could take their mind Jer- off of their season. <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> I'll Jervis, be what is Jervis, what is your next goal? What is your next mountain to climb? I mean, you've done uh, just about everything. <laughs> what what next? Um you know what? The, maybe a book, you know, uh maybe writing a book. That probably be that sounds uh, right. something that I haven't done yet. What's the book about? That, um I've been thinking about doing a book about Survivor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, uh, a little comparison from season one and season two. Um, have a little parallel comparison. So it'd be called 39 Days. Um, Your season one and season two or season one and season two of the show? Season one and season 27 that I yeah. did. Those two seasons, yeah. Yes. So, And uh, I would do it where it's like day one. What I was thinking day one from season one and day one from season 27. You can remember all that through. stuff? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember anything from... Uh, I only remember what was on the TV show. I, I remember that show like it was yesterday, season one. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy your- now. Just the moments out there are so vivid in my head. Mm-hmm. That the things that we did. And it, it was such a... I mean, it was the biggest thing I've ever done in my life to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, for me, it was a life-changing moment for me also doing that show. So it's it's definitely in there. Did your kids watch Borneo and season 27? Did they go back and watch them? Because I know they were really young when you're in Borneo. Yeah, well, nah, Gunner wasn't even born yet. Yeah, he was just born <clears throat> while I was out there. Um, yeah, they, they, they've seen it, but uh, they don't give a crap about that. <laughs> season 27, though, they cared about. Yeah. You know, they were in high school. So. They wanted to see cousin Marissa. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah, it was cool for them, you know, <laughs> because they, they were in high school. Um, my younger two were in high school. So, you know, for them, it was, you know, your dad's on TV every week and yeah. people are talking about it and they get to, th- and I did well. So it even was even better for them because I did well. And it just, the hoopla was great for them. You know, my older two kids, they, you know, they loved it too, you know, just, Seeing me out there doing what I do, being silly, you know, as dad. Mm-hmm. Jervis, were you so happy in Survivor Nicaragua when Jimmy Johnson played and then got voted out early? Oh my gosh, that was the best. Oh. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> Cowboy suck. Cowboy suck. <laughs> I was just saying that on his way out. Jervis. Jervis, we're trying to do some PR for the movie here. I thought you said this movie was good for Dallas fans, and now you're saying what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tr- we're trying to help you here with the PR. Listen, I, 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 I'm down it. on my luck in this yeah. movie. They can enjoy that part. I'm down yeah. on my luck in the movie, so they can enjoy. <laughs> hey, are you going to add Stacy Stillman in your book? Twenty nine days. Excuse me, thirty nine <laughs> days. Of course, she's absolutely in there. She's integral part to that book. Without a doubt, she's an integral part to it. Have you had any contact with Stacy? Last time I saw Stacy, I think was at an award show that mm-hmm. we did. We all, you know, I think all the survivors went to an award show and uh, saw her there. I think that was the last time I've seen Stacy Stone. Can I ask you about the Survivor Borneo reunion? What was it like with uh, Brian Gumble as the host of the uh, Borneo reunion show? I remember he called you uh, Jervis Never Nervous Peterson. Is that a yeah. is that a, a real nickname for you, or did he make that up on the spot? Uh, you know what? So people are, you know, butcher my name all the time. 
So I always say it's like nervous rhymes with nervous. Mm-hmm. That's easy to remember. So people go, Oh, nervous, nervous. But I'm like, that doesn't sound cool at all. It's mm-hmm. never nervous, <laughs> nervous. <laughs> that sounds a lot cooler. So he was like, nervous, nervous. I'm like, no, Brian, that's not cool. Nervous, yeah. nervous. That's not a cool name. Never nervous, nervous. Uh, that, you know what? That was great. Um, I love Brian Gumble. Yes. You know, he, Brian Gumble is so cool. And he, he was a, a fan of the show, but a big fan of mine mm-hmm. on the show. And, um, we just hit it off. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to start working with CBS after that. Yeah. I'm doing my own little segments for them. And I will always bring them back a gift from whoever I interviewed. I interviewed Vince Carter. I did a piece with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I would always bring him back a gift and he would love it. And, but, you know, he did a great job um, hosting the finale like that. I mean, the reunion yeah. show, you know, and I felt like, you know, everybody had a chance to speak. That was one of the things that, you know, now the reunion, you know, if you were first or second, but I don't wait, definitely to talk to you. You know, you're just on a stage. You got to be there. But everybody had a chance to talk about it. And I, and I get it. It was season one. It was such a big thing. But, um, you know, to see Bryant so into the show, I, I think yeah. that's just another great aspect of it. Jeff is a host. And yes, Jeff is a fan of the show also. But being in the show, it's different when him asking questions as opposed to a fan who's asking questions the way all the fans watching the show would ask a question. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian was asking certain things like, you know, cause he doesn't know, like he just, he's seeing the TV version, you yeah. know, so he can ask those questions, but uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun having Brian host. Yeah. He did ours too. And I thought he did a great job. Hey, so Jervis, when it comes time for probes to retire, which I hope is no time soon, who do you see stepping in to, to his shoes? You Nobody. tell me your pick, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you my pick. Nobody. Nobody? Nobody. I mean, listen, nobody think- can nobody could do that show like Jeff. I mean, of course you could have somebody in there filling shoes, but it's it would be such a different vibe. I mean, because Jeff's been doing right. it for it so would. long. If if Jeff only did it for five years, then yeah, you could throw somebody else in there and should the show it. end if Jeff doesn't want to do it anymore? No. Not at all. Oh. The fans love it. Yeah. The fans love that show too much, man, for it to end. Um, all right, then, who step, then who steps in? Who steps in if, if he's got to retire? We got it. It's got, the show must go on. Who are we going to put in there? George Wentz. I don't want a player. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I don't mm-hmm. want any former players filling those shoes. I'd rather you just bring a guy in, you know, to take it over. Host of Amazing Race. What's his name? Phil Kogan. Yeah, Phil. What about Sel- Selma Hayek, Jervis? No, that wouldn't be cool because I wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> that's, that's All right, so cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in, this is who I think, and then I'm just going to say it real quick, and then I'm going to move on to my next question that I hadn't asked you yet. I say Rob Sesternino, 1,000%, because he knows the game. I think, the, game. I think that would be the, the move. Yeah. No. no. Oh, Absolutely well, okay. not Rob Sesternino. Jervis would rather <laughs> see Mike McCarthy oh. as the host of uh, Survivor. <laughs> well... Yeah. All right. So Rob, hold, on, hey, hold on. Let's let's pause on this for a second. Yes. Rob, do you think you could host the show? Not if you want to do it or not, but do you think you could host Survivor? I think it would be a huge mess, Jervis. I can barely host no, a Rob, podcast. No, Rob, be serious. No, that's not true. He's just saying that, Jervis. He's just saying that. Rob, you know you could step into that and because you No, I couldn't, T Bird. And first off, they would say, like, uh, Survivor is back this fall with Rob Sister Dino, and people would be like, Boy, <laughs> 
Boston Rob really let himself go. <laughs> right? Wow, Boston Rob, so, that he doesn't look the same. No, what's wrong with him? I, I will say this. I retract my first statement. No player should ever fill those shoes. If one player did, it would be you would be my one and only choice of a player to fill the shoes just because of what you're doing now. Your knowledge yes. of the game is key and you know all the players who have played this game. Mm-hmm. So any returning players you have yeah. that knowledge and that insight into them. Well, I appreciate that. that. I absolutely don't have. I'll tell you, I could never do Bryce should host the show. Bryce. He's already a bouncer in Stealing a Survivor, yes, and that's a, he'd be bouncing all those people out of Tribal Council. Yeah. You know, that's another guy who knows everybody from mm-hmm. these seasons. Yeah. He would yeah. be good. Bryce, Bryce is another guy. <laughs> yeah. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce would take it up another level. Somebody says something spicy at Tribal Council. <laughs> he'd like fall out of his seat. He'd have a big reaction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jervis, you said during uh, casting in one, and I didn't get this question for season three, Africa. They asked you what character from Gilligan's Island you would want to be, and you didn't tell us who you said. I didn't. (laughs) Uh, So I'm curious. I'm curious. The professor. The professor. Rob, what about you? Rob, what character Uh, would would you want to be? Gilligan's Island? Uh, I don't know. Gilligan? I know most people would yes. see me as Gilligan, <laughs> but I would be the professor. Yeah, why? Do you I make a lot of I'm inventions? No. I just think I would be the professor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably more like Gilligan, but I, I think in my mm-hmm. own head I'm the professor. Because we didn't have that on my application, so I thought that was interesting that you had that on your. Jervis, I am so proud of you. Thank you so much for coming on here with us. I think T-Bird really we wants in- a spot in the sequel. She's got it. Mm-hmm. She's got it. Yeah. Yeah, she's Rob. And, got it. And I'm let's get all these cook. others. <laughs> the she'll be a cook. cook at a restaurant. Yeah, she'll be a cook at a restaurant. The chef. <laughs> How, oh, uh, the sh- well, you know what? I think we need to think about trying to pull Colleen Haskell in this um, sequel because that might that might be the jump start we need. What do you think? We're finding That's what I'm just a thinking. Survivor. I'm thinking out yeah. loud. I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> I like that. Finding a survivor. Mm-hmm. Part as a sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jervis, thank you so much. This was so great to get to catch up. It's always a thrill to get to talk to you that we saw you last year. Was that last year? I don't know. That it feels like five years ago. We were yeah. all in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> it was last year. Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, it was only, it was only last <laughs> it does, year. It feels like forever. Man. It yeah. does. Okay. Uh, T Bird, anything else for Jervis? No, Jervis never nervous. I'm I'm just wishing everything beautiful for you, your leading lady Salma Hayek to be in your next film, Quentin Tarantino or Spike Lee to direct it. All good Ooh. things for you. I and I when I said in your intro, I know why they cast you out of six thousand people. Your energy, I mean, just when I see your face on Instagram, your smile, your energy is really, it's contagious and you just, you make me feel good just to see you. So I'm so glad we got to talk to you today. Thank you. Aw, thank you, T-Bird. I appreciate that. Nah, I I do. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, Yeah, man. Like, like life is good. I got no complaints. You know, Survivor's been uh, a, a great ride for me. 
And uh, I'm just, you know, just trying to sit out, enjoy it, watch all these new players play the game, you know, see somebody just not make the same mistakes over <laughs> and over again yeah. that they do all the time. Well, and I did see that you would play a third time. Is that right? Yeah, I, I got one more Emmy. You know, third time's a charm. It worked hey. for Tyson. Yeah. He won his third time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is my, my third time should be the charm for me. All right. Jervis, take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thank Thanks you, Jervis. So much, Jervis. Have a great day. Take care, Thank buddy. you. All right. See you guys later. Bye, Bye Jervis. Bye. <laughs> All right, T-Bird. There you go. Jervis, never yeah. nervous, Peterson. Jervis. Yes. I just, you know, you asked me when we first started before I think we got Jervis on the line, if I've met him before. And I said, I don't know for sure. Maybe I have, but I feel like I have mm-hmm. because he's one of those people. Like I said, when I see him, I just feel like I know him and that yeah. I've known him for a long time. So he's a great guy. You know, he is a great guy. And look at all the great things. You know, and, and Rob, we've talked about how some people, you know, some of the players through the years don't, well, like Colleen Haskell that doesn't want to have anything to do with it for whatever their personal reasons are. And then somebody like Jervis, who has done just so much because of it, and, and obviously has had a very, very good experience both times he's played. I mean, he did great both times. So it's neat to see the contrast with different people and what kind of experience they've had. But what a great guy. Yeah. He's one of the people that I remember meeting at the Survivor Amazon finale. That I was like, "Wow, this is this real?" That Jervis, uh, he, uh, that this is so cool. Can we take a picture? It was awesome. Very exciting. And he did. You know what? I might have met Jervis. Now that you say that, at the uh, Africa reunion. I mean, at the finale at the, mm-hmm. at the CB, at CBS. Because back then in the day, it seems like. A lot of people from season one and season two were at the finale. Now, I know as it got bigger and bigger, Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case. But early on, I think it was. So I think I did meet him probably at our after party for Africa. I'm sure. I'm sure. A great guy. A great guy. Okay. T-Bird, are you going to be having movie night for Stealing a Survivor soon? For for, Yes. I'm telling you, everybody watch the trailer. If you watch the trailer, you're like, that is cute. And mm-hmm. then if you know Jervis, which all you Survivor fans know Jervis, then that makes it, you know, hits, brings, brings it even, you know, makes it even more personal. So, yes, movie night. And you know what we got to have with movie night? Rob? Yeah, that was a rhetorical question. Popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn! <laughs> so any reason to have popcorn, I'm in. Color me in. All right. T-Bird, uh, great job tracking down Jervis. A- anything else that uh, is going on in your world? No. You know, um, you know how when we talked to the general, you know, I thought, oh, I'd love this. I'd love to be able to set him yeah, up. Did you anybody reach it, out? You know, I, haven't, I haven't made a connection yet. Not yet. He's, uh, not yet. Not yet. So, like, I really would like to set the general up just because I think it'd be a really cool story to tell at the wedding. Now I want now I want to find Selma Hayek and introduce her to Jervis. All right, I think just, step one, one is find things. a date for the general, and then step two can be find Selma Hayek and match her up with Jervis. And and I probably, if I was Jervis, wouldn't tell her about the cutting her picture out of the magazines. You, she might think that's a little. <laughs> I wouldn't blonde. leave with that. Uh, yeah, don't open. Okay, that. don't open it. All right. <laughs> okay, you're right. 
you got a good point there. Thank yeah, you. What for is that. she doing lately, Selma Hayek? Um, I don't know. It seems like I saw her not too long ago on something. I'm sure. You know, what are a lot of of, of these actors doing right now? Because mm-hmm. everything's kind of shut down. It seems like. Yeah. Well, except for except for Big Brother and the Amazing Race. Oh, she's got a lot going or on. Except for Big Brother. Check out her IMDb. She's got a lot a, a lot going on. Not a lot that I've heard of, but uh, seems like she's still working. Yeah, I think she's still working. Yeah. We'll have to get her set up for the Jervis's second sequel. <laughs> sure. Sure. So- Selma Hayek will make, a, will make a guest spot and then Colleen Haskell. Mm-hmm. And it's going to zoom up. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Just something to shoot for, Rob. Something to shoot for. Go for it. All right. Uh, well, great job once again, T-Bird. Thank you. And I'm still saying, it, you don't have to say anything. You can start the music from when I make this comment. I still think Rob Sesternino stepping into Pope's shoes would be a fantastic switch. Okay, well, you okay, might be the only one. <laughs> okay. No, of course, I'm not the only one. Yeah, you could follow T-Bird Cooper. She is at T-Bird Cooper on Twitter. Follow her on Instagram as well. We can see her videos that she posts on the day that we record these podcasts. Sometimes she is riding a bike, like when we talk to Lindsay Richter or running on a treadmill or doing something active. Have you already recorded your Jervis video for today? Oh, my goodness. So, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Sounds so, like a good yes, one. I, yes, I have. Actually, actually, a couple. Is George sure. Went in your Instagram video? No, I couldn't get any cameos from... I couldn't get Colleen. I couldn't get anybody from Borneo. I couldn't get Greg. I couldn't get Colleen. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get... No, I couldn't get George Went. I couldn't get Ray. I couldn't get Selma Hayek. I couldn't even get Tyler. Tyler? So, Yeah. Tyler who? I mean, Tyson. I mean, I mean, Tyler. <laughs> like Tyler I mean, from Big Brother? And, yeah, I couldn't even get Tyler from Big Brother because he was on Big Brother. But I meant Tyson. Hey, T-Bird. My- I'm really excited to be in your video to get ready <laughs> for your interview with Jervis or something. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Oh, thank you, T-Bird. <laughs> He's so crazy. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Of course, uh, the power of the patrons of Rob's Podcast makes this all possible. Head on over to robswebsitecom slash patron for more information. And so, uh, until next time, let's let T-Bird take it away. Bye! If you